Welcome to Media in Minutes. This is your host, Angela Toole. This podcast features in-depth interviews with those who report on the world around us. They share everything from their favorite stories to what happened behind the lens and give us a glimpse into their world. From our studio here at Communications Redefined, this is Media in Minutes. I am excited to welcome our guest today, Emmy-winning broadcast journalist, Jason Newton. Jason is the co-anchor of WBAL-TV 11 News Today in Baltimore. He is also host of the public affairs show, 11 TV Hill. Jason's news travels have taken him around the country covering stories of national interest. Prior to WBAL, Jason was an anchor and reporter at WISN-TV in Milwaukee and WBOC-TV in Salisbury, Maryland. Hi, Jason. Welcome. It's so great to hear your voice. Hey, it's good to hear from you again. Yeah. So for our listeners, I have to say Jason and I went to the University of Maryland together, both in Philip Merrill College of Journalism, and we began our TV careers in the same market on the eastern shore of Maryland, different TV stations, (laughs) competitors (laughs) there a little bit, right? Um, But I have to say I'm super impressed and proud to follow your career. Oh, well, thank you. It's been an absolute wild ride from way back in the days at University of Maryland and then through the Eastern Shore. I mean, there are some days when I'm like, they're, they're going to let me be on television right. Uh, and so now, 20 years later, it, um, it's been a really fulfilling career so far. Well, I think that's why you've gone so far, because you're so humble. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about your career path and how you landed um, back in Maryland. Yeah, well, it was it was really odd. And I'll, I'll give you the short version of it. I had always dreamed to be a pediatrician. I just knew that's what I was going to do. And then, really, I, yeah. And so I took, I was doing all the classes until I took organic chemistry. And I did it once, and then I did it twice. And the third time when I knew I just wasn't going to pass it, I was like, I got to find something else. Um, and there were some <laughs> really great people in the College of Journalism who, after searching and searching and, and talking to family and friends, that really um, reassured me that I had, some skills in there somewhere to do something. <laughs> and so right. names like Dr. Lee Thornton and Sue Copeland, they really, um, they had faith in me and, and really trusted me and, and, and knew that, you know, with putting myself, you know, not going to every basketball game and, and, and applying myself and that kind of stuff, right. um, that there was something in there. And so uh, with them, I could not have done it or without them, I could not have done it um, and just pushed ahead. And I had a job right out of school in Salisbury and, and off I went. Yeah. And it's it, the rest is history, right? Yeah, it literally is. It, uh, <laughs> you know, and, 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 to, and to be honest with you, I mean, even in Salisbury, I mean, even though it seems like easy street, and you got a job, I mean, even there, you know, I had some struggles with confidence and, and, and being certain that this was for me. Uh, I'm sure that there were yeah. days when I was like, I just can't do this. Um, and yeah. then I stayed there for probably about six or seven years. And I feel like it really it built a, a, a layer of crust. Uh, for me to understand what this job entailed and, and what my role would, would be within it. Yeah, that's a little long for, you know, your first job sometimes. So d- just um, you were moving up different roles and, you know, how did you end up staying there that long? Yeah, that was it. Like I felt I really did feel myself climbing this ladder and and, and for the time being, I just got really comfortable. Um, and I thought, yeah. okay, well then, you know, it's working out here. And there was a little bit of fear of, of leaving um, the general area. You know, I'm from Baltimore and to be in Salisbury, I was still driving distance. And I was, you know, I just By didn't know how to handle that. Yeah, like I hadn't been there. You know, I went to school at University of Maryland. Now I'm working still in Maryland. So there was an I there was just, you know, some there's a little bit of fear. And, and I always tell kids that, you know, you got to venture out. And so yeah. um, I learned that television was a business while I was there. Uh, <laughs> and I knew that my time had come to move on. So 
And so I did. And it was and probably then, the best thing for me. And then you went to Milwaukee, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a short stop at UMES to help uh, teach kids how to use cameras and report. Okay. Uh, and then I hired an agent and then Milwaukee came and I thought I was going to land in Milwaukee and be in the middle of a cow pasture and, and try to, <laughs> you know, you know, figure out farming and all this other stuff. And I quickly found out that Milwaukee is just a city like any city with the same ups and downs. And it was really it felt like Baltimore, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and it's just another, just another step. You know, if, if Salisbury was grad school, uh, then then Milwaukee would be my PhD and just and still learning and, and just trying to figure out my voice as a reporter uh, and things that I enjoy. And then you get WBAL. Were you amazed? Yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> you just never think that you're ever going to come home. I mean, you always hear stories about, you know, okay, you have to move to Alaska to get your first job and then Sacramento <laughs> right. and then, you know, then Amarillo, Texas. Uh, and so for my, my next stop to be home in a station that I enjoyed um, as a resident and now to be shoulder to shoulder with names that I've heard forever, you know, Stan yeah. Stovall and, um, you know, uh, Minnie Becerra and Deb Wiener, just people that I admired as a viewer uh, and now to be colleagues with them. I'm telling you, the first couple of days are just completely <laughs> you know, fanboy all day long. Oh my gosh, there's Tom Tasselmeyer. You know, the, you know, Tony Pan is in the same room, Keith Mills. So it, it just, I, I'm still amazed. You know, there's still, there's still some days I'm just like, please let my key card work. Just to tell me this is not a dream. <laughs> and people are thinking that about you now, your name. Well, I got a little you ways know. to go. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, I know that, I know that my mother's watching every morning. So that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said that early in your career, covering Hurricane Katrina from Louisiana was extremely impactful. How so? Yeah. Well, you know, that, that came up when that was assigned to me, it was assigned to me the day before a, a fire um, a division from Salisbury was going to go. So I only had about 24 okay. hours notice. I had to load up, went to Walmart and load up all, all kinds of stuff. And I got there and with the assumption that me and a photographer were going to meet up and it ended up being just me. And they gave me a camera and a fistful of money to, for incidentals and, and hotels and that. And then I just got on a fire truck and drove to, uh, or rode to um, Louisiana. Um, from so, Maryland. So, on the fire from Maryland. Truck. Yes. And, that and, and that's not really a comfortable ride, if you can No, imagine. no. Um, and so uh, it was impactful in the sense that I was being trusted with so much. Mm -hmm. I had no way to get video back. So I had to, once we got there, you know, I had to drive uh, to Baton Rouge. This was on my own in one of the fire vehicles to, to try to find a station willing enough to take me in to feed the video back. So, so that was one element. Uh, of trust and, and, and finding my voice and standing up and, and asking for help and, and that kind of stuff. But also it was learning how one event can affect different people uh, and not just telling the surface story, but being able to tell the story uh, a little deeper and how events can affect people um, in different positions in different ways. And, you know, going to families' homes who have lost everything, yet they're offering yeah. me lunch or dinner or just understanding what it feels like to, to lose it all or, or to walk into a house and not knowing what you're gonna see when you get in there. And it was just allowing your senses to, to sort of lead you. But also it, it, it forced me to be sensitive um, to people I may never you know, have crossed paths with if it wasn't for a tragedy and to be able to tell their story accurately. Um, so I felt like I grew a lot on that one trip alone. Yeah. So aside from WBL's morning show, you also co-host, um, you're also the co-host of The Hill, right? WBL's public affairs program. Yeah, so for those who um, aren't familiar, yeah, I was going to say, tell us a little bit more about it. Sure. Yeah. It's 11 TV Hill. And in fact, we're going to tape today's show, this weekend show um, uh, in an hour here. And it is a way to take the, the overarching headline of the week and turn it into a show that, that can, as we, as you know, the term we always say, let it breathe. Um, <laughs> 
but you get to know the the characters a little bit more and it, it also allows me an opportunity to be myself a little bit so um like this week is as we come up on the holidays it is a being what we're thankful for this year some of the people in the community that we're thankful that we have them in baltimore so bradley bozeman and his wife nikki who he's a football player for the ravens they've done a uh-huh. lot with anti-bullying and soup kitchens like feeding people and so i'll talk to him about that there's a guy who has a podcast no picks after dark and he makes sure he looks for positivity in the city and i spoke to one of the teachers of the year and a nurse of the year getting through covid so um you know news stories are really quick during a newscast you usually get about two minutes tops to tell yeah. a story yeah. so i get 30 minutes to to really just give it a more time and get your chance to meet people who may live five minutes away from you, but you don't know their story. And I just enjoy that. Like, I just, I just yeah. feel like they're conversations and not reading a teleprompter. And I think I enjoy that more than anything. Do you help produce that too? Are you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I help write and produce it. Uh, there, there are two producers who have other um, responsibilities throughout the week, but they also do some of the show as well. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not sitting back and watching the show happen. I'm, I'm helping to make calls and setting things up. And on Mondays, we have a, um, an uh, idea meeting where we come up with what the show will be. And, you know, some days it's, it's very easy because the, the headline is huge, right. but there are other weeks when, you know, you have to think of what people want. And I just feel like news cycles can just be, uh, lack of a better term, bloody sometimes, or just yes. negative. And so my hope is to find topics, even if it's a hard topic, to find things that are positive about it, or things that we can do to change the negative to be positive, or just hearing from someone who's working along this, neg- you know, what something may be negative and hear their way of thinking, rather than just giving you scary headlines. That's great. And do you, how do you tend to find those stories? I know you said going along the headlines, but do you have, um, you know, PR professionals pitching you ideas for the show as well? Or Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, um, so yes, there are some stories I've gotten from um, folks in PR that have been very helpful. Um, the, the nurse of the year that we're looking for actually came from a press release that we got from LifeBridge Health. Um, the others are pretty organic. You know, you just see it in your community, at your church or your kid's school. Um, and then others are just in your face. So like when we do COVID or the holidays and that kind of thing. So it's from a, a variety of sources. So in 2017, you won an Emmy Award for your coverage yeah. of Maryland's opioid crisis. Uh, what was the story behind that? Um, I think we we're at a time when I, that was really the buzzword and, or, and, and people are paying a lot of attention to yeah. opioids. And in fact, Hearst Television was taken upon themselves to, to make that one of our goals throughout that year was to focus on how this epidemic is happening, the people that's affecting, and then what locals um, markets are doing to make people more aware of it. Um, right. Hearst TV has about, we have about, I can think 30 some stations across the US. So all of the stations were taking this upon themselves to, to talk about it within their community. So that was ours. And luckily, you know, I had the 30 minute forum, so why not? So, yeah. um, you know, we had the police commissioner and the mayor and health department and people on the streets and that kind of thing to talk about how it's affecting their communities. and. It was eye-opening. Like, you just don't know uh, what people are going through. Or you may mislabel why someone may be misusing a drug. And I think it's important for people to understand that there's so many branches that come off of the whole opioid crisis that I think we all should be aware of. Yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah. So not to age us, but you've been in the business for more than 20 years now. <laughs> what have been some of your proudest moments? You know, you mentioned a couple there when you won the Emmy and, uh, or, you know, the yeah. story behind that and things. But what are some of the others? Um, I, you know, I, I guess I'm just proud of the, and I don't want this to sound like, you know, pat myself in the back, but I'm proud of the rise that I've had, you know, I, yeah. to, to have 
been in college and uncertain about so many things, uh, to be trusted with a job straight out of college that I had no idea what I was doing, uh, <laughs> then to get, you know, to get offers to go elsewhere and then to eventually come home. I, I'm, I'm proud that I stuck to it. Um, yeah. I know as a kid that I spent a lot of times as a kid sort of looking for the easier route um, or if things got a little bit tough. I'm like, oh, I need to change direction. And, and to stick with this, even through days when you're knocking on doors in the cold or you're doing a story that made you cry at the end of the day or whatever, um, or deal, you know, dealing with the change in Salisbury, you know, leaving Salisbury was, was, was tough, tough because um, it wasn't totally my decision to, to, to part ways. Um, and so to stick with things, I think as an adult, um, meant a lot to me. I, I'm proud of being able to do things in Baltimore where my family is able to, to see it uh, and understand what my work is, is like. Yeah. And um, I'm proud to, to be in public and to see people who I, uh, I either look up to or have a lot of respect for and for, the, for them to say hi to me first before I say hi to them. Um, <laughs> to recognize you, right? <laughs> right, yeah. The former mayor of Baltimore, is, Kurt Schmoke, is a wonderful guy. He went to my high school. He was yeah. the, When I think the mayor, that's the guy I think of. He was a mayor when, you know, as I was growing up. And I ran into him at a Ravens game and I was rushing over to say hi to him. And he, he reaches out to shake my hand before I do. And I'm, you know, it just, it makes me aware that whether I'm doing wonderful or, or horrible, at least um, I've captured the ear of folks. And I, I just hope that I'm doing right by them. Yes. And I know you mentioned, you just mentioned, you know, it's not always roses. What have been some struggles? Um, you know, you have to be, have a thick skin, I think, um, in the public and doing stories. You have to understand that not everyone's going to walk away feeling happy that of the work that you've done. And so you have to understand the reasons that you do it and be able to back why you do things. Um, You're doing it to seek the truth and not do harm and all those good tenets that we've learned in in college. And if you feel like you've done that, and you feel like you've put in all the effort uh, appropriately, um, then you should not fear that you've done wrong. I know that I've done a good job when I have people email upset on both sides. Oh, yes. it's horrible because you're, <laughs> you're a liberal. Oh, it's horrible because you're conservative. Or, you know, whatever. Oh, it's horrible because you like the Steelers. Oh, you like the Steelers. <laughs> uh, I think if you get something from both sides, you know you've done a good job. You, you are you are even-handed. You are fair. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and, then, and then starting out, you know, there's, just uh, just putting yourself out there um, can be tough as a, a young kid out of college. You know, like I, I was talking about MOS, that was always hard for me, man on the street interviews, because you're just scared to walk up to people and ask questions and then, right. then it just becomes part of the job. Um, and so they're just little milestones, I think, that along the way uh, you get comfortable with and then you get good at them. And then it's just just like breathing. You don't think of it. Yeah, like riding a bike, right? Yep, exactly. I love your fun and quirky videos you make on the morning show and post on social media. They're so great. And that music. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm fearful that I'm going to be known more for those than I am for the actual <laughs> news know, content, but I'll take probably. whatever I can get. So I know when we started in TV news, you know, not to age us again, but social media wasn't a thing. So yeah. can you imagine living and working without it now? No, heck no. No. I mean, I just, you know, like yesterday, we're following this tragic case as a former police officer and his kids uh, here in Maryland. And I think that uh, even though, you know, you don't go and just report everything you see on social media, but it gives you sort of a ground level to understand what may be going on. Uh, I think that it, it, you know, sometimes the one thing that I'm fearful of in this job is cell phones, only because that they can do everything that I'm doing. They can be live on TV. They can be, you know, live to thousands of people. They can report things before you do. Um, And and so it is an important tool for everybody. And so you have to figure out how to harness that a little bit. And so um, 
I think that it's it's important now that uh, police uh, departments use it and fire departments and the federal government use it, the president uses it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it is a new voice out there. So yes, you can do some quirky, silly videos, but it also, I think it um, it is a great tool for communication. And I don't know, you know, once, what do you say, once Jack is out of the box, I don't know if you can put it back in. And, oh yeah, I know. Right. Um, I think we all find a way, whether it's PR or TV news, uh, ways to use it. Yeah. So I used some of my journalist uh, skills and researching and found an article on WBAL from about seven years ago yeah. called 30 Things You Didn't Know About Jason Newton. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I had to read through some of them um, to see which ones I didn't know. And uh, I'll, I'll name a few. Your first job was in retail at Kids R Us. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was in Baltimore Security Mall. Um, you know how to play the drums. And at that I time, do. you were learning to play the saxophone. Did that go well? I, yeah, I'm a struggling saxophone player, but at my... On days when I'm stressed the most, you can find me in the basement playing the same 10 songs over and over again. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Do your sons play? Uh, my son plays, tr- my oldest plays trumpet. He goes to Baltimore School for the Arts and he is phenomenal. And then I have my youngest who plays violin, who's really getting good at it. So I need to practice more if I'm going to hang out with him. Yeah, you need to keep up. <laughs> Get my little trio going. And then your favorite subject in school was math which yeah. I was really stumped on that one. I mean, I know you said the pediatrician thing, but how did you love math and end up in a career focused on writing and reading and English? Well, here's the, the secret behind that. My father is a mathematician uh, and oh. was a math teacher in, uh, for high school here in, in Baltimore and then went on to be uh, in the College of Engineering at Maryland uh, while oh. we were there. Uh, and so he taught me a love for math, not just, you know, um, you know, the simple things, but just, you know, how right. it applies to you in life. And, and then I just loved it because math has a defined answer where English didn't. I could write a paper about anything and it's subjective. Yeah. Math has one answer. One plus one will always equal two. And I love that about math. So uh, when my sons come home with math uh, homework or whatever, I am first, in, you know, I'm raising my hand like, come on, bring it, you know, bring it my <laughs> way. Uh, because I think my father did a good, such a good job in, in convincing me um, that it ain't hard. You just got to apply yourself yeah. to it. And the skills still helped in journalism, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Oh, trust me. When you're trying to deal with percentages and and surveys and all that kind of stuff, I I at least have, I have that to go on. Yes. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today, Jason. I know we'll continue to see amazing work from you and continue to make us proud. Well, you do the same. It's good to hear from you. And I'm glad that things are taking off so much. I did some, some stalking as well on social media of how you've been doing. And it's very, I'm very proud of the work that you're doing. And I think that the work that PR professionals do uh, without them, I think that we would struggle together. So um, keep doing your thing. Thank you. We're on the same team working for the good, right? (laughs) Exactly. You can watch Jason weekday mornings from 5 to 8 a.m. on WBAL in Baltimore or streaming live from their app. You can also connect with him on Instagram at Jason underscore Newton 11 or Twitter JN Newt WBAL. We will have those links in the show notes. That's all for this episode of Media in Minutes, a podcast by Communications Redefined. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. We'd love to hear what you think. You can find more at communicationsredefined.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Angela Toole. Talk to you next time.